Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. Welcome to another episode of the podcast and thank you so much for listening. So I took a bit of a break from podcasting for about a month or so and the weekly podcasts are back. This week, I sit down with Stampify CEO, Connor Lean. And just to provide some context, Stampify is basically a car loyalty system. So every time you shop at your favorite cafe or restaurant that are partnered with Stampify, of course, you will receive a stamp on your card. And once that card is complete and returned to the participating business, so that is a cafe or a restaurant, the business will then make a donation to the international aid charity Mary's Meals. And for each completed card, a child will be fed for a week in their place of education. To this day, Stampify has provided over 100,000 meals to developing countries around the world. And in this episode, we discuss the initial stages of Stampify and how it actually got started. We discuss the challenges and rewards of running a non-profit, along with some really other interesting topics. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. And without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, Connor, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. So I guess the first question I want to ask you is about your background and who Mm -hmm. you are and what do you do, if you don't mind, just to provide some context to the listeners. Yeah, sure thing. So Connor Lean is my name. Um, I guess the reason I'm on this podcast is because I'm CEO of a social enterprise called Stampify. Um, But to give a bit more background into myself, I'm from County Offaly, um, from Tullamore more specifically. I lived there until I was 18, then moved up to Dublin, went to Trinity College for four years studied business and economics there mm. um, and upon graduation I joined Google which is where we're currently sitting <laughs> um, and I started there as a product specialist um, working on the support team before moving nine months ago to the large customer sales team um, and then on that team I serve as five customers in the UK. Mm. Yeah. And what made you choose business initially in college? Why did you choose business out of all the other courses? Um, it's something I've always been passionate about, to be mm. honest, um, from a very, very young age. Um, I've said it a good few times before, but um, <laughs> say when I was younger, it, it interested me so much. Uh, my uncle is a businessman. Um, he's a bit of an entrepreneur himself, and I'd always kind of admired, not the lifestyle he led necessarily, but just how he had so much control over I guess the way his job worked for him mm. would be a good way to put it. Um, so yeah, I always had an interest from a young age. I think growing up and seeing someone so close to me work as an entrepreneur and succeed as an entrepreneur really spurred me on. Um, and then, yeah, when I was, I think, 15, I started selling uh, Hugo cards. <laughs> do you, oh, do you well, remember uh, Hugo cards? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back we, in the day. We used to be mad into them back in the day. <laughs> um, but I started selling those um, on eBay. And then uh, started selling other things, so consumer electronics, PlayStations, TVs, etc. Um, and just from that experience, it just clicked. It was my first proper time um, pursuing entrepreneurship. But it, as I said, it just clicked with me. Um, I knew this is what I'm going to be doing um, mm. for most of the rest of my life. Um, so I think that's probably where there's always been a love of business in me but that proved it um and then from there it was a fairly easy decision um it was just about where i was going to do business would it be trinity ucd nuig etc mm. um i landed on trinity i guess just because um a few of my friends were going there and um, that was i guess a bit of a pull factor but at the same time um i just like to look at the course best um mm. i had studied economics outside of um, my school so clash column in tullamore 
is where I went for my leaving cert. Um, they don't teach economics, but I had an interest in that um, just from reading articles online. Um, so I studied that outside of school, did that by myself. And from that, uh, from doing that, I wanted to, I guess, keep going with it. Um, so I think just a mix of business economics, uh, social studies wasn't for me at all. But at the time, I decided I didn't know that. Um, so I just thought it was a wide enough course. Uh, you're not really pigeonholing yourself into doing one thing by doing best. Um, so I did that, did six different modules in first year and six different topics. And from there, I narrowed down more um, and just yeah, decided to go with the business um, and economics with. Hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned that you started selling um, Yu-Gi-Oh cards and eBay mm-hmm. and other stuff like that. Like, what kind of gave you the spark to do that? Did you see anyone else doing it? Did you read about it? Like, um, what kind of made you What gave me the that? spark was yeah. uh, there was absolutely no room under my bed because it was, <laughs> it was full of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like, boxes upon boxes of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Um, no, so myself and my brother uh, used to collect them when we were younger, and I think we probably got a bit out of control with them. Um, we just had so many of them, and... Um, it's one of those things like you you always kind of roughly remember how the game works so i remember like i hadn't touched them for probably two three years and my mom was cleaning out my room and she was like here what are you gonna do with these things and i knew myself like we'd spent a good bit of money on them um at the time and like my grandmother whenever she was getting us presents would yeah. always get us like I can't remember, like the egyptian god cards or for anyone who doesn't know hugo they're like just rare cards so i knew we had there, there was value there um so I just remember saying to my brother and my cousin, you know, we should probably sell these as opposed to just dump them. So we started selling them. Uh, one thing led to another. We were making a bit of money and then we reinvested that money into buying. Um, initially, it was PlayStation 3 games and then we started buying PlayStations and then TVs and then we bought some other things as well. But uh, that was over probably, I think, a two year period, maybe. Um, stopped it when I was going into my leaving search and never took it back up um but yeah no, it was a really good experience overall hmm. and how does the whole process like buying tvs and electronics mm. work like do you just bulk buy it from alibaba and then just sell it <laughs> on or like how does it work that's probably how you do it nowadays <laughs> but um no we didn't have access to that much finance or okay. credit uh, so it was honestly just arbitrage so right. we would just look um see where items are listed cheaper on say amazon or other um digital retailers buy from there and then sell on ebay um, mm. and shockingly enough somehow you could make a good bit of money <laughs> off doing that um yeah, i don't know if you could still nowadays um there's probably early days of that but um that that was there wasn't too much creativity um to it it was literally just buying and selling yeah yeah oh, that's pretty cool like because it shows the like entrepreneurial spirit already shows that you have a business mind and you kind of want to go in that field so it's kind of yeah. cool the way you found what you like it was, I know, it early was, on. It was really exciting um, yeah. and we, we did it all through my grandmother's PayPal account <laughs> uh, because at the time none of us were actually old enough to um, <laughs> hold a bank account or a yeah. PayPal account uh, but she, she didn't mind yeah. yeah and is there anyone you look up to or anyone you aspire to anyone that you follow closely at all um, in terms of entrepreneurs in general like people they admire or respect um i suppose a good few of my friends um to be honest yeah like um i'd have a diverse enough friend group and they're all kind of doing amazing things um in i guess different fields um you know i'd be very good friends with some doctors who are doing very very well for themselves um there's three lads from my school back home who started a band uh, a few years ago called chasing abby um oh. they're a hip-hop band you, you know them yeah, um, yeah, yeah yeah no they're wow. unbelievable and um, yeah. the success they're having um it's nothing short of inspiring to be honest um see i, I think like i i don't try and like look beyond um my circle for inspiration um like i wouldn't list say five of the best entrepreneurs and tell you why i like them like there's enough inspiration close to home that um 
I don't need anymore to be honest and um, it's just seeing so many people I know um from Tullamore from college doing well for themselves and doing mm. well in such different things um is inspiration enough yeah wow that's amazing yeah. and if you could go back and have a chat with a 18 year old Connor <laughs> what advice would you give him like what sort of advice would you give to your 18 year old self um that's yeah that's a good question um I would say probably take more chances um so i remember throughout college um now obviously say first and second year um it's a big shock to the system say i would have lived at home in tullamore mm. with, my, with my parents until i was 18 and then when i moved to college um that was my first time living um you know by myself or mm. with friends um so you know there is i guess a shock there insofar as you know, you're drinking probably most days <laughs> of the week, uh, like first year of college. Um, it's not the most taxing and there's so many nights out, etc. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't try and change any of that. But I guess throughout college, I had a few ideas um, and things I wanted to do. And I always kind of would come up with the idea and get to the point of, right, it's time to act and then find a reason to not do it. Um, so, yeah, I guess the advice would be probably don't be afraid of failure. Um, like with Stampify, we've failed on different things i I wouldn't i wouldn't call it failure strictly because you learn a lot from it but i think in the past and especially when i was 18 or you know growing up um from that age i would have probably feared failure a good bit um and kind of feared what people thought of me as well like say if you'd taken a punt on an idea and it doesn't work out like Mm. oh what will people think like will people think i'm stupid or something like Mm. that um in reality like that's not the way the world works um everyone fails everyone learns from it um I've learned that now, but in the past, I guess I was probably a little bit afraid. Um, and it was only with Stampify that I kind of took the first step. Like, I had ideas before. And like some of them weren't even massive ideas. Say, like, some college societies I was a part of, it might be for a new program. And, you know, you'd tingle up how the program might work. But in the end, you don't pitch it because you think to yourself, oh, you know, people mightn't like this or this mightn't go down well. Mm. Um, just go for it um, would be the advice I would give myself. And I guess to any 18-year-olds or... Um, anyone a bit younger um you, you've nothing to lose and at the end of the day people like they, they don't care like they'll have forgotten tomorrow you know and you'll yeah. learn a good bit um from actually taking something from ideation um into practice even if it completely tanks mm. yeah. yeah absolutely and you mentioned stampify so yeah. i guess you told the story a million times but if you don't mind could you explain maybe one more time what stampify yeah. is and how it actually got started yeah no worries number one million and one um yeah so i guess uh, stampify is a social enterprise um that i founded god when was it nearly two and a half years ago now um was when i started working on it um so long story short it's a loyalty card for charity Um, it works the exact same as conventional loyalty cards do say when you'd pick up in insomnia costa or any coffee shop uh, with two key differences so the first one is when you complete the card instead of you getting a free coffee the business makes a donation to charity and then the second one is that the card can be used across different businesses mm. so you're not tied to one business uh you could so it takes seven stamps to complete the card um and when you complete it seven meals are donated to children in the developing wow. world that donation is made to a partner charity of ours called mary mary's meals mm. so i guess that's long story short how stampify works um and yeah been working on it for two and a half years so we worked on it i'm sorry there's a team of six of us working on it at the moment um for our trinity graduates and people who i would have you know hung around with and been friends with in college and best and then one uh we've a new member called Stephen, who is a friend from home and is an engineer um so yeah that's the team um the original team was working on it for a year before we launched um and then yeah so we've been live a year and a half now 
Hmm. Yeah, in stores. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And how did it actually get started? Like, so what actually gave you the idea to start the Stampify? Um, yeah, so again, this is a million and one saying this one, but um, again, long story short, um, I was doing an internship in Accenture in my third year of university. Um, I was cycling home one day and uh, went to Talteca to get a burrito, went to pay for the burrito and just pulled out a loyalty card that happened to be completed um, and was like to myself, okay, happy days, this is free, um, gave the loyalty card, didn't think anything of it, left and then got on the bike again and started cycling down the canal home. And on my journey home, I saw um, a homeless man on the side of the street um, and I didn't do anything there and then, I just kept cycling home. But when I got home, I said to myself, what happened there wasn't really equitable you know i had i could have paid for that burrito um it, in fact i didn't even cross my mind that i wouldn't be paying for it or i would have gotten it for free um i didn't even remember completing the loyalty card it probably been in my wallet for months um i don't even remember stamping the thing but on the flip of this there was someone on the side of the street who probably isn't sure of where his next meal will come from um and could probably do with that burrito more than i could have so i just thought about that um the lack of equilibrium there um and i guess that night then i ended up staying up to like two or three just thinking about ways to balance that out a bit more and what i came up with eventually became stampify or what i come up with there was a permutation of what stampify is now um so a loyalty card for charity um the initial idea was a bit different so initially it would be predominantly with restaurants and when you complete a card um rather than them making a donation which is the case now they would actually cook a meal and then deliver it to um a member of the homeless um via soup kitchens Mm. so that was the initial idea um I, i didn't act on it there and then because i was going into final year um and in final year so one with Bess is worth 100 percent of your degree um so you know there's a lot there we didn't have any (laughs) exactly yeah uh well yeah (laughs) um but no just i guess you know you have four exams you have four modules um they all do count a good bit towards your degree so you know you can't be taking on too much extra stuff at the time um on top of that i was also president of the entrepreneurial society so i think with the two of those um i was fairly at capacity it wasn't the right time to start working on a social enterprise but um i always kept the idea in the back of my mind uh, when I finished my exams, I went on holidays, as we were discussing there, uh, mm. for three months. Or sorry, no, it wasn't three months, it was six weeks, uh, to Central America. And when I got back, um, I started working on Stampify. Um, and then, yeah, I guess worked on it until May. Um, in May, we were told <clears throat> that the idea that we had been working on, which was to deliver actual meals, wouldn't be feasible because um, basically the Food Safety Authority of Ireland said that you know what would happen if there was a contaminated meat or something to that effect given out to members of the homeless um which could be catastrophic and which was a very fair and valid reason as to not do it Mm. um so with that we pivoted and instead of actually delivering the meals um the businesses would make donations instead and to this day we're more or less still operating on that model Uh, there's been a few changes but that's essentially it Mm. yeah and this is very interesting because you mentioned you were president of the Entrepreneurial Society, basically. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that you got Michael O'Leary to come and give a speech. Yeah. yeah. And how did that happen, if you don't mind running through <laughs> the story? Uh, yeah, there's not, <laughs> there's, there's not much to it. Um, in summer of third year, I yeah. typed up a letter, um, one page, told Michael he had won the Spirit of Entrepreneurship Award in <laughs> Trinity, uh, which didn't exist. Um, it, was that, it was just an award I had 
I myself and um, one of the other committee members, <laughs> Mark, who actually works on Stampify now, had made up uh, completely. Um, and we just said, yeah, you're after winning this award. We'd love to present it to you and maybe um, have you come in for a talk. So we sent that letter in June. So printed off, signed it, sent it to Ryanair HQ. Um, and, you know, we sent that exact same letter to 20 or 30 different leading Irish business people um, with the award and all. Um, and then... I think maybe August or September, it would have been September, September came and we were back to college and we'd heard back from a few. So Garrett Lamb, um, the head of Facebook Ireland, and I think Amia now actually as well, um, he got back to us and said he'd love to come in. Uh, Brian Corcoran, who was the head of Paddy Power at the time, said he'd love to come in, but we hadn't heard back from Michael O'Leary. So we just presumed, yeah, he's read it and you know he probably gets one of those a day. Uh, didn't really want to come in uh, or might have been busy so we thought nothing of it um but then mark went to check the society uh post box which is just located in front square um, neither of us had been in dublin for the summer so we just hadn't been around the post box and saw a letter that was sent a week after i'd sent the letter so probably you're looking at maybe three months ago at this stage from michael o'leary saying um that he doesn't actually accept awards but he'd love to come in and give a talk the only condition would be that it would be at 8 p.m. or sorry, 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, so, yeah, we kind of liked ourselves, wow, can we actually make this work? Uh, you know, like, you can't get a student to get up at 9 a.m. to go to a lecture. Would they get up at 8 to go to a Michael O'Leary talk? Uh, but we said, like, kind of, as I was saying earlier on, um, we just said, you know what, let's go for it, see what happens. Worst case scenario, he'll come, there'll be 20 people in the room, we'll get to see Michael O'Leary speak for an hour, and, you know, we'll probably get to ask him a few questions as yeah. well. So we went into that event. Um, I wouldn't say, like, low expectations, but it, it was 8 a.m. So, you know, some students are have an hour commute, so they'd be getting up at probably quarter to seven, half six mm. to get in for this talk. Um, so I yeah, just started advertising it. Um, there was a good bit of hype around, but again, we really weren't sure. Like, people were clicking going on Facebook, but that doesn't translate to actually going to the yeah, event. Yeah. I presume a lot of them hadn't even looked at the time. Mm. Um so I remember morning of, we got in at like maybe half six, I want to say, and started setting up and, you know, time was going on and on. Um, but by maybe a quarter past seven, half seven, like the entire arse block was full of people um, waiting for this event. Um, and there were so many people from um, outside of Trinity, like, you know, press, etc., cetera, um, who wanted to get into the room. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, the event was not a massive success. Um but yeah, I think beforehand we obviously were a bit worried. And even when we were going to plan it, we asked ourselves, will this actually work? Um, but again, as I alluded to earlier, you know, why not go for it? And it was it was the most successful event we had and probably the society has had to date. Well, that's amazing. Mm. And did you get to chat to him afterwards? Did you ask him any good questions? We were like chatting that? to him beforehand briefly, yeah. but afterwards um, he was on stage and we were chatting to him for like a minute and then like just mobs of students started <laughs> walking up looking for selfies, etc. Right, so like okay. he was like, I have to dash. But yeah. uh, we were chatting to him over email afterwards. Uh, he's lovely to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to the Stampify talk, was it just transition from that? Mm-hmm. Um, like what was, what was the actual process setting up Stampify? Like then did you, I don't know, perhaps make a few phone calls? Like what, what was the initial step in creating Stampify? Um, yeah, so I guess I had the idea. Um, very first step was throw it all down on paper. Um, mm. So I just opened up a Google Doc and poured absolutely everything that had crossed my mind onto it. Um, wasn't organized at all, no headings, etc. Literally just typing away. Um, once I had that done, um, went back, reorganized it. And then I guess, yeah, I, I try to think what the first thing I did was. Um, it was probably, yeah, I think I reached out to one or two coffee shops and... Um, 
locally in Tullamore and then I think a few just around the country just asking them had this idea would you be interested didn't get too much back to be honest um only a few got back to me but they all kind of said yeah maybe might give it a go or whatever nothing too convincing um so I think next I probably thought of the business model how it would work so how much we charge partners um how much that would translate into meals um sorry I'm actually not going the wrong way there because I'm thinking of the new model so no with the old model one of the first things that it was actually contact soup kitchens um, because we would need someone to transport the food from the restaurants to members of the homeless, and we thought they'd be best equipped. So we con- I actually contacted them first, and they were very up for it. Um, naturally, they just want to help people, and they saw this as a good way of helping. So I guess that kind of gave me a boost, because one party would be willing. Now, bearing in mind, the, you know, the easiest party to convince, but still a party would be willing to do it. So from there, I started working on what the business model would be, how many stamps you need to collect um, to, say, donate a meal um, to a member of the homeless, um, ironing out the kinks. Um, after that, then, I kind of sat on it for a little while and was just thinking about it and what was the best way to position it. Um, I remember I did some design work earlier on myself, which was nothing short of dreadful. Um, <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm not artistic at all. Um, but I, I got someone to do up a logo. Um yeah designed a card provisionally um because it was a lot i remember i was trying to explain it to people and like it's just easier to show them than to actually send it in writing mm. so I got a provisional card designed which was so ugly and um, it was it was green just didn't look that nice but you know it, it got the message across mm. um did that and then from there i kind of by that stage i had brought it to a point where we had the bones of something i thought so I said to myself, "Look, you've just after you're just after starting Google. Um, it's going to be a big step change. Um, just you know, from college life, like in best, you've like twelve hours a week, whereas you know, if you're working, you're working nine to six. Um, so even just your body getting used to that and mentally getting used to that is going to be a big change. Never mind having to ramp up on a new career. Like I had no experience with Google Ads beforehand, mm-hmm. and that was what I was working in." Um, so I remember I just said to myself, you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. If you are serious about this, you need to get other people involved. Um, so I reached out to some friends who I, like my best friends from college, essentially. Um, they were lads I'd worked with in college projects. Mm. So I, I knew they would be dedicated and I knew they were hardworking. Um, so I just reached out to them, asked if it would be something they'd be interested in. Didn't really know myself um, what the expectations should be in terms of how much of a time commitment or anything. Um, but just said, look, let's meet a few times see how it goes i remember the first time we met it was in one of the lads kitchens and like there was just like i think someone was like playing a game in the background like it was just (laughs) such an unproductive meeting um but then we started meeting here um in google and slowly but surely um i think it went from something that was very unofficial to we started having regular meeting slots um and then from there we just kept teasing it out um i'd say until christmas we probably didn't overexert ourselves so we were very much still in the ideation phase um and that probably even i would say nearly up to june of the next year so stampify had been a thing i guess for nine months at this stage we were kind of going very slow but i remember we all went on holidays to croatia um i think it was july at the start of july and when we came back i remember we had a meeting and a few of the lads had kind of said it to me beforehand you know, like, we need to shit or get off the pot, essentially. Um, 
And I remember we had a meeting and we just said, look, if we're serious about this, let's just, you know, let's go. We've been, you know, we've been kind of humming and hawing and doing different things. It's time to pull the trigger. So I think the next month um, we got the final card designed. We got five partners styled up to trial it with. Um, and we just said, yeah, look, let's trial it. Let's launch, see what happens. If no one uses it again, you know, it's not the end of the world. Mm. Um we can always see why people aren't using it and you know if it's not something that's going to work that's fine um so yeah i think after that holiday and after we said right you know heads down let's do this um there was a real step change in a good way and that took us up until launch and then from there um it was all kind of a whirlwind um but yeah i think from launch then we had five partners and we finished 2018 with 10 partners so we launched in october so grew another five and then we were just slowly but surely surely growing probably every month that go by we get another five six um and then in may we ran a promotion for world hunger day which uh, was through instagram for every new follower we got we donated a meal to mary's meals and um that took off we went up to like twenty thousand followers or something like that um, and that just really put put us on the map um and i guess grew our brand a good bit so we had a lot of incoming leads and businesses who wanted to work with us and from there we just kept growing um until maybe august or so um i think in august we had probably 120 locations um which you know we were absolutely delighted with but with that we started to realize what we had wasn't really scalable so the loyalty card is a paper card um so we can't there's no dashboard that we can pull up to see how many stamps are being collected or how many meals are being donated um we have to either collect the cards from the businesses ourselves or rely on them to report how many cards they have um there's problems with both of those um i guess with businesses they're so busy they don't really have time to report um and you know they might forget like if i send someone a text and they're in the middle of something they're not going to go back to it um and that's that's no one's fault that's just a consequence of being you know a small business owner yeah um and then for us if we were to collect the cards you know there are six of us on the team but we all mm. work full-time so you know we're not we don't want to be running around dublin on our weekends trying to collect cards um so i think when we grew as big as we did to 120 and we grew so quickly we quickly realized right what we have isn't scalable Digitized, so yeah. yeah exactly so um I guess we paused expansion um, purposely just because we didn't want to keep scaling the card and then or only to have to pull it a few months later. So we kept the locations we had and then we started developing an app. So that was H2 of 2019, the second half, uh, mainly just developing an app. Uh, glad to say we have that app finished now. Um, it'll probably, probably needs one last round of testing, which will be this week. Um, and then, yeah, we'll look to launch it at the end of January, start of February um again we'll trial that initially make sure it's working as intended and then from there roll it out but um yeah a really exciting time for us all in all with the app um i think a lot of us were kind of you know nearly we're really itching to keep growing um and i guess with the app we can now again um which you know we're all delighted about Hmm. yeah and i like to get into like the actual operating part of the non-profit business how does that actually work so you have a team you're the ceo and like, how, how do you like? What does your day to day look like in running Stampify? Yeah, it's a funny <laughs> question because I guess my day to day consists of being in Google <laughs> yeah, nine to I six. <laughs> um, so yeah, Stampify in its current form is run in the evenings and on weekends. Um, so yeah, as I said there's a team of six of us. Uh, we all work different jobs, so 
One uh, one of us works as a consultant in Deloitte. One works in Pointy, um, who are a startup um, who actually just got bought by Google today. Funnily enough, <laughs> um, one works in Little um, as a store area manager, um, and one is working in ESB. So all very different jobs. Mm. Um, with that, there are some different working hours. So say Mark, who works in Little, um, he would get say some days during the week off and then he would work some days during the weekend um so i think we do have different availability which is good because if there is anything pressing we can put it to the person who's best tasked for that um but i think yeah in terms of how we operate internally we meet once a week so meet in google in one of these rooms that we're in um usually for about an hour and a half two hours just set out i guess what's happened the last week um what we need to take action on for the coming week um and then we usually talk strategy so where we want to go um, and are we actually getting to that point so at the start of every quarter we'd set out goals if we're not achieving those why aren't we achieving those if we're overachieving those um what can we keep doing to keep smashing them um so yeah meet for about two hours everyone would go away with a list of action items um and then if there is something ad hoc we'd usually do calls over whatsapp um if we do need to but i guess that would be usually how we'd run it hmm. and what's the favorite part about running your own nonprofit? what do you enjoy the most um that's a good question uh, probably the experience i'm getting um i know it's experience that'll be very useful um in later life as in like i said i'm enjoying my time in google at the moment i don't see myself being here in like 20 years time um I, I will start my own for-profit business um, at some point. Um, so the experience I'm getting is second to none. I mean, even just dealing with different business owners, um, I guess like d- developing a pitch for investment, um, you know, seeing how customers interact with a product, um, learning how to market to people through Instagram, which is something that's so big at the moment and something mm. I wouldn't have experienced with otherwise. Um, just all those various things, like the experience I've gotten from this is second to none. Um, I get the, And then the other thing would probably be a more personal thing, but it's just a really good way to see friends. Um, mm. As in, I'm guaranteed to see five of my best friends yeah. every week. And you get to work together. Exactly. You know, and like, I'm not going like, to lie and say <laughs> our, our meetings are you know we do two hours and we put our heads down and you know it's the most productive ever like we have the crack in meetings as well um there's a lot of joking around um so yeah it's just good to even see the lads um you're guaranteed to see them for an hour and a half two hours a week um because like when you start working you don't see people half as much as you used to and so many people have moved away from dublin so it is good to just have that time uh that no matter what you will see them yeah mm. and what about the not so sexy part about running your own non-profit what's the what are the challenges involved uh there's a lot um (laughs) uh, stuff like accounts um is something that has been a bit of a pain in the hole recently um i think even just how slowly some things move um like say for example if if you're emailing someone who might be a potential lead they might take a week or two weeks to get back to you they mightn't get back to you so you, you have to follow up uh, like the term follow up is literally my least favorite ever and i would say the lads would say the same because the amount of times i've had to message saying will you f you so f you being follow up with x um it's probably the most used term in our whatsapp group uh just because like people don't like people don't always get back to you straight away yeah. it's like that sort of stuff does leave you banging your head a little bit um i guess probably by virtue of the fact we all work full-time it means we can't always meet people when we'd like to so say you know potential partners um investors etc so that is annoying and trying to actually 
um maneuver calendars to make all that work um would probably be a bit stressful at times um I'm trying to think what else is stuff like the website is you know really not interesting and you know quite boring to be frank but it's something that you know you need to update mm. um yeah and the, the bank accounts as well like i said that already but you're know, actually filing your accounts Besides that. yeah you know that's <laughs> that, that's the worst of them um i'm sure connor hughes who's our head of finance will attest to that to be fair i actually don't have a huge amount of experience in that um he just runs stuff by me but even you know having to find different transactions etc um like there is a there is a lot more to meets the eye it, or then meets the eye it's not all you know doing podcasts having good time and there is a lot that goes on in the background mm. yeah and you've been doing this for over two years now would yeah. i be correct in saying that uh, what are the key lessons that you learned as a result of running your non-profit and just managing this whole business um yeah i guess probably a few um one would be just build a good team build a team you can rely on um if you have a good team i think a lot of things will fall into place like um anytime we're faced with a problem i would always turn to the team and say lads look look who's in this room there's no way we're not going to solve this like you know just let's put our heads together and solve it and you know 99 times out of 100 we do um so i think that's been critical and even when i was first working on Zampify by myself like there were things that came up that i wasn't sure about or things that made me go oh i don't know like is this really a good idea um when you're working on something by yourself those thoughts manifest in your mind um and you know you don't like you can talk to friends who aren't involved in it or maybe family but they don't fully understand so the advice they give probably isn't as good or definitely isn't as good as someone yeah, on your team yeah, yeah. so i would say definitely a piece of advice would be build a team early and build a good team um a piece of advice that it's hindsight for me would be to build a diverse team so in stampify five of us are from a business background did best in trinity uh steven's an engineer um we have clara who runs our social media um at the moment but there's not a lot, lot of diversity there and diversity of thoughts so we have brought on some advisors um one legal and one more technical but um i guess just even having those people in the room from the start would have saved us a lot of bother um and i, I do genuinely believe that um the more diverse you are you know the more different opinions will come into play different experiences etc and at the end you'll end up a lot better off uh, that would that be something I would definitely tell myself if I was able to go back and, you know, when I was starting it, have one piece of advice. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the team we have, but just... More ideas, more creativity, can't go Exactly. Wrong. We yeah. all come from the same background, yeah. more or less, so there isn't a lot of diversity of thought. Mm. Um, I think another piece of advice I'd give, and I've probably given this on previous podcasts, is um, not to get too into the weeds with stuff that you yourself aren't good with so for me that's design and you know anything artistic um i just i'm not good at it i don't have an aptitude for it i've always been dreadful at it um but during the first year of stampify i found myself being the one drawing up creative briefs say for logos different graphic designs etc and just the back and forth with designers because you know i probably wasn't communicating correctly and then you know, i'd do a sketch and the sketch would be crap and they would they'd replicate the sketch but then what they'd replicate would be crap because the sketch was crap etc um so when you find stuff you're not good at don't like just put your head in the sand and try and just keep working through it uh find someone who will be able to help you with it uh that might be a friend you know might be family it might be you know the internet's cheap to get mm. that sort of stuff fiverr.com you know you can get more or less anything in that field uh for very little so yeah i would just recommend not focusing on stuff you're not good at and being honest with yourself and realizing you're not good at stuff you're not going to be good at everything um but i remember 
towards maybe the year mark of Stampify, like I was just getting so stressed out about dis- different designs and I was spending so much of my time on it, like so such a disproportionate amount um, for the impact it was having. Um, and then it just dawned on me, you know, get someone else to do this and manage this. Um, and we've been able to get uh, Christian, who does our graphic design now. Um, but yeah, before that, um, you know, it was just very stressful and there was no need for it. Um, so yeah, that would definitely be a piece of, piece of advice as well. And you mentioned that you got stressed and whatever. So when you feel overwhelmed or just unfocused and stressed mm. out in general, how do you tend to deal with that? Do you have any like routines or habits that you do perhaps um, in mind? Yeah, so I guess this would probably pertain to stress more in general because work would stress me as well. Mm. And, you know, work stresses anyone. Um, I guess I've tried a few different things. Uh, Meditation is quite good. Um, so I use the Headspace app. Um, I think it's there's another one called Calm, which is mm. the, the same thing more or less. Um, I find that that's a really good way. Um, I wouldn't use it every day. I don't use it when I, I'm stressed. Um, but I remember, yeah, there was sometimes last year where like, you know, Stampify was running me up the walls, different things were happening or even just with work. Um, the workload was a lot in the combination of the two. Um, so I used to start my day with like doing a five minute meditation and ended doing the same. Um, and I found that just to be really good. Um, you know, no one's that busy that they can't spare five minutes or 10 minutes in the morning. Um, and I just found, you know, I'd be very stressed going into it. Even like say when I go up in the morning, I'd shower, I'd just be thinking about like all the stuff I'd have to do today and how my deadlines there were and how I was going to balance Stampify with work. Because I guess that's one thing. You can have good weeks with that, but sometimes it's just a storm and, you know, everything kind of falls around the one time and you have to try and make it all work, say mm. with Google and Stampify. Um, and I had a few of those days last year. Um, but yeah, I found just, like say I'd be in the shower stressing away about it but when I get into work I just take 10 minutes go into a room meditate um, and f- for those who aren't familiar with it it's not as if I'm you know crossing my legs and making the zen sign um, <laughs> it's li- literally just sitting down closing your eyes and honestly focusing on your breathing um, but the difference that made is just astronomical um, it's something I've done a few times I guess in recent weeks as well but um, anytime I would be very stressed I think that's my go-to um, I haven't really met anything that that hasn't solved so far um, or mm. at least helped yeah yeah no i, I could I definitely agree with the meditation because i've been doing the same as you yeah. i've been using the headspace app mm-hmm. and i'm trying to do like 10 to 20 minutes in the morning yeah and like the difference it makes in your thinking is 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 crucial because i think like it makes you kind of realize okay i'm thinking this and I, I need to step away and go back to what i'm focused on instead of just you know yeah. constantly being projected into the future and so on yeah it gives, so i think meditation is key yeah it gives you perspective as well like when you are yeah. stressed about something well personally i find you can't get it off your mind no matter mm. what you think or do yeah um but i guess meditating for 10 minutes it just it lets you step out step out your mind and you know all of the pressures in it um and then i find anyway when i open my eyes you have a fresh perspective and you're able to say to yourself, look, it's not the end of the world. Um, you'll get through this. Um, whatever it is, there's, you know, you'll be able to solve it. Um, that's my own experience with it anyway. But um, for anyone who hasn't tried, I would definitely recommend that for stress. Mm. Mm. And how do you manage your time between Google and Stampify? Um, yeah, so... And having a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A uh, social life so and I, stuff I used like that. To be, I used to be really bad at this, like really, mm. really bad. Um <clears throat> to the point like i genuinely wasn't enjoying life as much as i should be um so yeah i work in google 96 um i'd usually go to the gym in the evenings and then 
in the past i would find myself working on stampify like every evening until i went to bed um which isn't sustainable and i found that out but at the time i thought i'd be able to do it um but yeah i did, did that and to be honest i was burning out um i remember like i wasn't enjoying stampify i was hating work and i just wasn't giving myself a lot of time um to actually you know catch up with friends um family etc so I think yeah there just came a point where I said to myself look like you're working yourself into the ground you're like even on the weekends as well I used to like I remember I'd get up at like eight on a Saturday which like isn't crazy early but like I just start working on Stabify straight away work through the day maybe go to the gym around lunchtime come back working it again and like skip meeting up with friends from home um and I remember a point just came where I was like look like you're literally driving yourself into the ground you need to make it like you need to find a more manageable way to deal with this so um, I guess I still haven't perfected this, but I'm getting a good bit better at it. Um, so I'd have a Stampify cut-off time every evening, um, usually around 9 o'clock. Um, so, you know, those two and a half hours, I'd usually go to bed around half 11. Those two and a half hours are just strictly for me. Um, I wouldn't be strict as well about working on Stampify every day. So say, for example, you know, a friend texts me on Sunday night, be like, hey, what's up? Do you want to go grab a mooch in Dudrum? So was meant to do a Stampify work, but was like, no, nah. like, do you know what? This can wait until tomorrow. Um, so went went with him, then ended up watching Love Island in his house, came back to mine at like 11. Um, so yeah, I think just, I, I was way too rigid in the past and I was nearly trying to spend all my free time on Stampify because mm. I thought or I feared if I didn't, we'd miss an opportunity or, you know, Stampify wouldn't be as big or as good as it could be. Um, but I guess I learned like you have to think of yourself as well in those situations. Um, a lot of people who do work on startups, they work very long hours, but they don't also work a nine to six job. So I think I was trying to nearly do both, which is impossible. Um, so, yeah, more recently, I guess I've just, you know, established limits and established, you know, times that you shouldn't work on Stampify. On the weekends, I take one day completely off from it, at least. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Just, you know, controlling yourself and making sure you're not falling into the trap of just work 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 um because it's just not sustainable and i've really found that last year yeah i think that's huge and like the, the way you said that like, you take one day off just mm. to do whatever you want to i think that's important because you also get ideas from just like being in a complete rela- completely relaxed state you're yeah. like oh i could have done this i could do this better and so on so i think that's important as well because i'm I was a bit like that as well, just trying to always do work, but then I realized, like, why am I doing this? Like, exactly. it's, it's not, I'm not any happier from as a result. Yeah. So I was like, mm, take it easy and just exactly. come yeah. as it goes. Um, what was I going to say? So, for someone who wants to start their own nonprofit or maybe a business, yeah. what kind of person is, like, what kind of person are you to, to do this sort of venture? Like, what, what sort of personality should you have? What sort of skills and so on? Um, should say, someone possess before doing such a thing? Yeah, I guess in terms of personality, I I think you can be anyone. Um, I yeah, I don't think entrepreneurship's limited to say outgoing people, mm. um, or you know people who've studied business, etc. I, I genuinely believe like anyone can start a business, um, and you see that in the world today. Um, obviously, different personality types are better at doing different parts of the business, but you know anyone can have the idea and start working on it. Um. And that's where you start looping in a team um, when you realize there are certain parts that you yourself aren't an expert at or, you know, may not have the aptitude for. Um, with regards to, sorry, what was the second part? It was what? Just in terms of like what kind of person are you to start a business? Like, mm. how do you know, how do I know if this is for me? 
Um, I guess that's the fundamental question. Like, how does how does someone know if, if I should run my own business or should I maybe just get a job? If it excites you, if it excites um, you, would be uh, I guess the one sentence answer. So, yeah. if you have an idea and you know you're thinking about it and you know you can't sleep because you're thinking about it it's all that's going through your head and how you can iterate on it and make it better and what what would happen if you know we partnered with x or what would happen if i involved y etc um that's my own personal experience about and that's kind of when i knew this is what i'm going to do um was just when like i was so excited it's happened to me a few times with a few different ideas but you know like lying in bed um or at my desk at two in the morning typing away just making sure i get every detail of the idea and then waking up the next day and working on it again um and that was all just because it excited me and i could visualize what it was going to be and how say using stampify as an example how it was going to help people um so yeah that would be i think for me anyway i knew when it started exciting me and it was all i could think about Hmm. yeah and I also think there's a certain element of sacrifice. Like you have, you kind of have to sacrifice leisure. You kind of have to sacrifice, I don't know, playing games and watching too much movies. I think as well. So um, yeah, <laughs> as I said, I, I used to be a lot worse for that. Yeah. Um, so I have come to the realization: Sanfi is not the be all and end all, and it gets a social enterprise. I shouldn't let it dictate my life. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get like I'll give a hundred percent when i am working on it but you shouldn't spend all your time mm. working on it um but yeah on the flip of that like there is sacrifice with so like i said um our team met a week ago it was our first time meeting in the new year and um i just did a year in review with the lads of you know what we achieved that year so um say for example we donated 123,000 meals um we won three awards. We expanded to over 120 locations, wow. etc. Yeah, no. So we like could not be prouder yeah. um, of the team for the work they did this year. But the thing I think I ended that with was, look, the most important thing about this is well, obviously the meals we've donated, but also internally is the work that you've done. Because I'm not going to stand up here and say, oh, you know, it, it wasn't that much effort for us. I know how much effort everyone's given. I know more than anyone because I'm the one giving you the tasks. You're, you're the one, like, I'm the one seeing you in the meetings every week. Um, and yeah, I just said to them, like, I, I recognize as much as anyone your sacrifice and the sacrifice you've made for, not for Stampify, but for the people who are benefiting from the meals. Um, and I think each of you should be very, very proud of that, um, which I hope they are. And I, I know they are. Um, but yeah, I think just like there, there, there is sacrifice with it um, is the point there. But for me anyway, personally, it's been very worth it. And I'm sure everyone on the team would say the same. So you've donated 125,000 meals. Yeah. So you can just walk away and you say, oh, I donated that much meals. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And where do you see Stampify going in like, let's just say five years time? Like, where do you see the vision? What's what's the vision for Stampify? Um, that's a good question. Um, so I guess short term, we'll roll out our app. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll hopefully have that done and I've said this on podcast before <laughs> um, I think I said maybe the end of December last time but um, yeah th- <laughs> things just with apps things get delayed um, and there's different bugs etc our, our testing period took a lot longer than it would um, I'd like to have the app more or less rolled out by the end of this quarter so the end of March um, from there I guess there's a few different options so we are starting to work with different companies um, and have partnerships with them. So basically have Stampify as a reward um, that users can cash in points against. So one example of that would be Bounce Insights. Um, they're a market research company who um, 
it's i think six trinity students are running that um and they basically allow users to fill in surveys for companies when they fill in the survey they get points which can be spent on the marketplace and um we're going to launch stampify as a reward on the marketplace so people can basically donate their points um to donate meals to help children in the developing world so i think that sort of partnerships route is something i want to explore a bit more so stampify started with the loyalty card but it's not going to only be the loyalty card because there's plenty of other ways to raise um money for those who need it so i think the partnerships route is something we'll look at a bit more um and we're in communication with a telecommunications company at the moment on that to just explore if it is something that's feasible i guess those two conversations um i've got to open my eyes to there are different ways uh, to work with different businesses and i guess we built a brand that's that allows us to actually get the foot in the door with them um so i think that's something to explore in five years time though looking longer um it's a tough one really and whatever you i never say, know I suppose. Yeah, whatever yeah. i say now probably won't happen <laughs> um just knowing the way it goes but i think i'd like to have i guess probably saturated the uh, hospitality sector in ireland so coffee shops and restaurants uh, and move further afield so i think the uk is the next logical step um so it would like to move there um probably develop i guess our own app as well the app we use at the moment is um i guess one that we developed as an mvp so minimum viable product mm-hmm. um so i think probably doing further development and developing an app that allows us to do exactly what we want to do um we're, like, we're very happy with the current app we have but there definitely is scope to improve that as well um we, I would say, probably fully roll out the app, explore partnerships a bit more. There's one or two other ideas that we are teasing out at the moment for programs, um, one of which I think will be very good. Um, but I think we're not gonna, we're not gonna try and do too much too soon, which is actually another piece of advice I'd give um, anyone who I guess is looking to be an entrepreneur. Um, it's something we struggled with in the past, just trying to launch like three different programs at once or try and do X, Y, and Z when you should only be focusing on X. So uh, at the moment, we kind of have our head down. We want to launch the app and then explore partnerships. Um, probably launch another program or two before the end of the year. And then based on success of those, we'll see where we go in the future. But um, all of that is kind of underlaid by international expansion as well. Wow, amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. And I'll definitely be following in the future. And let's just say you could have dinner with anyone in the world, alive or dead. Okay. Who would that person be? Uh, God, that's a tough one. Um, probably Ronaldo, I'd say. What would you ask him? Uh, I'd, I'd like to find out a bit more about his work ethic and what, like, fuels him. I know, mm. I know kind of the rough, um, you know, he wants to be the best ever or whatever, but, like, I, don't, I think everyone sort of has those ambitions or maybe not yeah. to be you know, the number one footballer in the world, but everyone has ambitions, myself included, and goals. Um, but everyone also has the challenges of sometimes things don't go your way. Um, how do you cope with that? And how do you mot- motivate yourself when it seems incredibly unlikely? Because I'm sure he's come across that before. Situations whereby he thought he wouldn't make it or you know he thought he wouldn't get the transfer to United or etc. So I think how... In probably the darkest of days he kept himself going um but that's just off the top of my head i'm sure we could definitely talk about a few other things as well <laughs> yeah of course and is there any books or recommendations that you often told others or just recommend in general um, perhaps gifted to other people yeah so i guess business related or startup related the hard thing about hard things is really good um so is zero to one by peter teal mm. they're kind of my go-to too yeah um, no, that's definitely not an original recommendation. They're two of the biggest startup books um, you can get. But I thought those those were the best too. Um, 
I've read so far. I've read quite a few of them. Um, I think, yeah, they're, yeah, they're probably the two. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. And do you do you normally read books like do you have a, like a sort of routine that you follow? To, or? I need to get back into it. Um, I used to, last year. I was very good for it until yeah. maybe July or so, and then I just fell out of the habit of it. But um, it's a way better way to even just for your sleep. At the moment, I'd just be watching TV before going to bed, and obviously having a light shine in your face isn't conducive to getting a good night's sleep. Uh, so no, I need to get back into that habit. That could be a resolution for me. And speaking of habits, do you have any like habits in the morning? You mentioned do your meditation, or do you do any other habits or routines that you follow? Meditation's the main one in the morning. Um, I'm not a morning person at all. So um, <laughs> yeah. so I, I literally get up, have a shower, get dressed, cycle to work, um, probably still half asleep by the time I get in. Um but yeah, meditation would be the morning one. Um, I guess any other habits? Not, nothing comes to mind really. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. And is there like before you start all this? Is there like anything you wish that you knew before you actually started? Um, probably knowing everything that you knowing everything you yeah. know now. What would you kind of tell yourself before you got started? Um, that's a good one. Probably that it's not as daunting as you'd seem, and that um, or as as it seems, and that um, people are always going to be very willing to help you, especially if you're doing something like a social enterprise. Mm. I guess it was something that probably stalled me a few days when I was when I had the idea and before I went to the team with it. Um, just because you don't really know what it takes to start a business until you do, um, and you like I presume there'd be a lot more, you know, like red tape etc um but no it was all very straightforward so i think the one thing i'd probably say to myself um just looking back in college is it's not actually that hard to start a business and if it doesn't work you know it doesn't work it's not the end of the world yeah. i mean yeah it's like a full-time job as well so it's either you go to the job or you do that exactly so yeah. whichever you prefer exactly of course you're doing both which is crazy yeah. but um, <laughs> and let's just say there's a billboard and within that billboard on that billboard you can display whatever message you want to the world so people walking along the street they, they look up at the sky and they see this giant billboard just chilling there um what message would you put up on that billboard it may be a quote um something that you believe is true yeah anything at all can i put a stamp before a billboard up Sure, <laughs> I'm messing though. Uh, well, it's, a, it's a billboard that anyone. It's a message, basically, a message to the world. What message would you put out there, and anyone can see this? Uh, to be kind, be kind. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's definitely a quote um, that phrases that better. But um, I think yeah, like it's just really important to be not be nice to people um, and give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think one thing that's always said internally in Google, and it's actually a good saying, and one that I've taken to other aspects of life, is uh, just to always assume good intent. So, um, you know, if you think someone's a bit aggro at you, maybe they are, uh, maybe you're just picking up wrong, but, um, if they are, you know, there might be a reason behind that. Um, mm. something might've happened to them earlier on in the day. They might just be having, you know, a bad day, etc. Um, so, you know, just give them the benefit of the doubt and, you know, I guess treat others as you'd like to be treated yourself. I think that's an important one, especially in the world we live in today. Yeah. Well, I love it. And before we finish up, is there anything you'd like to say, anything you'd like to promote, anything at all? Um, I guess probably <laughs> in terms of promotion, um, be a bit amiss if I don't say Stampify. Um, 
No, so I guess, yeah, we've talked through Stampify what it is. Um, for anyone that is listening, um, if you do pick up a card, um, you know, you have the opportunity to feed a child for a week in the developing world. Uh, we'd all definitely really appreciate it. Um, I think for any young entrepreneurs out there, um, if they ever do need advice or anything like that, um, you can get me on Instagram the same way you did, Dom. Um, Connor Lean is my Instagram handle. Um, so, yeah, obviously feel free to follow me and if you you know want to message me any questions anything more specific about the trials and tribulations of stampify so far um i'd be happy to help because i think one thing that i found you know from setting up stampify is some people are so so willing to help and you know will give up their time and those are the people that i would nearly thank the most for stampify being what it is today because without such guidance from you know people older than me and people more experienced than me i don't think I would have been able to make the decisions that I did to get Stampify to where it is today. Um, And, you know, there's too many people to even list out right now. But um, on the flip of that, there were people I went to looking for advice who, I'm not going to badmouth or anything, but just weren't too nice about it um, and just weren't willing to give up their time at all. Um, So having experienced both, I know definitely which which one of the two I want to be. So if there are any young entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs out there who you have any questions um on stampify or even more in general uh feel free to reach out to me via instagram and i'd be happy to help any way i can yeah that would be i think that's probably a good way to finish off yeah, yeah well connor right. look it was a pleasure i really enjoyed the conversation thank you so much for your time no no worries thanks very much for having me thank you thank you so much for listening to the episode and i really hope you enjoyed it you can find all the show notes on the website chasingpassion.ie that is chasingpassion.ie if you're looking to support the podcast in any way, I would really appreciate if you could leave a short review on Apple Podcast, and this would literally take about 60 seconds and it will help the podcast grow in so many ways. You can find the link to Apple Podcast in the episode description or just simply search Chasing Passion on Apple Podcast and it should pop right up. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. It means the world to me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, just thank you so much and have a great day.